umgoblue.com by fans for fans since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Clint Derringer. And we are going to preview this week's game versus Northern Illinois and we're also going to give some uh, additional thoughts on Michigan's big victory over Washington. Clint, what did you think about uh, the whole atmosphere with the maze out and the night game? You know, I, I think that it is always really great, but this is probably the uh, the second best uh, environment that I can remember for a night game. Um, you know, after the original uh, ten years ago against Notre Dame with the uh, the crazy comeback at the end with Denard Robinson. So it seemed like uh, everybody, you know, had a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of energy. You know, actually coordinating the uh, the maze out was a was a big bonus visually on the television, and and I think um, you know all of that stuff, the pageantry and and capturing all of that enthusiasm and the energy from the fan base um, it was absolutely great. And I'm glad that uh, we chose this weekend uh, for our big uh, you know recruit. I'm sure it was. And impressive in person. Defensive coordinator Mike McDonald had some thoughts on the atmosphere and uh, also uh, how it carried over to the team's play. First of all, they were feed off the energy of the crowd. I mean, that was, I've never seen anything like that. That was, I mean, that was crazy. I mean, that was just an unbelievable atmosphere. And uh, so, shout out to our fans. I mean, that was, that was incredible. But the rest of the guys on the defense, I think. We've got a lot of guys that bring a lot of energy, and they can, you know, it's more collective than just just Aiden. But um, yeah, I mean, we, one thing we preach is like, look, it's not easy to go out there and make plays. Like when you go make plays, like go celebrate with your teammates, go get a picture on the sideline, like have fun, man. You know, like it's we work too hard at this to just like make a play and just be all bummed out about it. Like, you know, have some fun. Running out of the tunnel, you always take a deep breath and think about that's a lot of people you know they're pretty loud too uh the first the part first part of the game was was awesome that was that was that was uh, unheard of that was great so that was special so it's interesting you know last year uh and again last year was an outlier but the team seems to be tight in previous years like there was a lot of pressure on the team and i thought it was really interesting that mike mcdonald you know, it's kind of encouraging the uh, the players to celebrate playing the game, you know, to, to again, that it's fun. It's supposed to be a game, especially when you're successful. And, you know, you and I have talked about the difference in culture uh, shifting to a younger coaching staff. Uh, Clint, what do you think about that? You know, I think it's the strongest foundation that you can build it is really starting with the passion for the sport that you're playing. And, and if everybody is kind of leading with that passion and leading kind of with their heart, then, you know, the, the effort, the camaraderie it, it comes next and, and you tend to play better when, when you feel that connection with uh, the guys around you and, and the folks in the stands and, and the whole uh, program and the whole community. So I, I think that it matters. I, I think that it does affect every individual a little bit differently, some more than others, but, uh, certainly leading with, um, you know, having fun playing the game that you're, that you're there and, uh, learning about and, and trying to take the next step to the next level for a lot of these kids. 
I I, I, th- I don't think you can go wrong starting with you know really capturing that enthusiasm and passion. Coach McDonald also had some thoughts on the Wolverine running game. He was a big fan. It's really easy to play great defense when you're not out there. <laughs> so we 300 yard rushing games we will take every single time. Great job by our offense. They they um, there's never any panic to start the game. We knew. We knew what was about to happen. It was just a matter of time. And uh, we have all the confidence in the world with them. They, they, they played a great game and uh, controlled the clock. And we just it was a great complimentary team win. You know, Not to sound too cliche, but special teams played great. Uh, we stopped them when we needed to early on. We'd like to finish the game a little bit better. Um, but offense really controlled the clock. And um, you know, our guys were fresh when we had to go out there. And I think that, that helps you play, play hard when you're, you know, when you're not gassed all the time. It's funny, after the first game, you know, the captain said 50% of our defense hadn't played in front of fans before. That was kind of wild, you know. So um, there's a big jump on a lot of those guys from week one to week two. So I'm proud of how they responded. And, um, you know, it's not easy to go out there and play in front of all those people after you just do it in front of and practice the whole time. So um, kudos to them, you know. So, Clint, what do you think about uh... – Sounds like the defense definitely is a fan of the offense continuing to run to the ball. It'll be interesting to see uh, how much balance we see on Saturday versus Northern Illinois. Um, what are your thoughts on the next game? Well, I, this is the game, even in the preseason, that kind of stood out as the the negative outlier in terms of you know opponent strength. Northern Illinois is currently ranked 108th in uh, SP plus. I think there's 127 FBS teams, maybe 130 FBS teams. So near the bottom, but they did uh, they did jump up and bite a, a a Power Five team, Georgia Tech, in Week One. So um, they are dangerous, and uh, certainly if uh, if Michigan is not taking care of business and is not taking uh, their preparation as seriously as they need to, then any team we know can can come in and cause problems, and that's. That's not what we need at this point. There's a lot of momentum built uh, in these last two performances at home. And uh, you want to keep that rolling as much as possible. And, and hopefully uh, I, I'm looking to try to get more and more guys from, from down the depth chart into the game and, and getting meaningful snaps and experience and really strengthening your depth uh, in these games where you should have a significant talent advantage and really just need to take care of business. The interesting thing for me is, so, you know, there was a lot of hand-wringing, and you and I addressed it on the last podcast about, um, you know, the balance or the lack of balance between the running game and the passing game. So it would be interesting in this game, you would think, okay, that if Michigan can take advantage of its of its of the talent gap, right, that they should be able to hopefully have this game well in hand and then, you know, do whatever they want in the second half. So it'll be interesting to see if, um, you know, we see the running game continue to be featured or if we're going to see more of a, of a, of the passing game. And again, if we're going to see the wide receivers get a workout to see who's going to be that featured receiver. So I, I think this could be a really telling game, right? Um, in past seasons, Michigan would really try to 
focus on being almost completely balanced between passing and running. And, you know, in the preseason, we heard that they wanted to feature the run. We've definitely seen that in these first two games. So hopefully this will be a, a laboratory, you know, a testing ground where we can see Michigan do what they, what they want to do. And perhaps they're still going to want to uh, lean heavily on the running game. Yeah, I, I expect them to lean heavily on the run game. You know, it's a couple of different reasons. Number one, we heard Mike McDonald say, you know, how complimentary it is to have a, a strong run game and how that helps the defense in terms of, you know, controlling the clock, giving those guys a break and, and being able to come back fresh and keep rolling guys through at, at full speed for the defense. And I know that that's a big uh, um value that's within uh, Jim Harbaugh's philosophy always has been you know also it's the strength of the team right now you know the unit that is probably playing the best uh, of, of all of the units uh, on in the program is, is the offensive line and the running backs together you know they have been the uh, strength not just because of the play calling but also uh, in terms of, of how explosive and, and successful they've been when uh, the run plays are called so I think you lead with your strength. I think you're going to still uh, continue to put more wrinkles in there and continue to add um, some depth and breadth to uh, to what type of play calls we see in the run game, uh, what type of um, blocking schemes and, and, and what type of variety of motions and other bells and whistles that you're going to make uh, the Big Ten teams prepare for. You know, So that that's probably still going to be what, what Michigan leads with um, and, and you know, they, they videotape the practices too. Right. So I've, I'm kind of an advocate of practicing and practice and, and get out there in the game and execute your game plan. Um, but uh, you know, I understand where, where folks are looking for, you know, putting the, uh, the, the passing guys, the, the wide, the pass catchers, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs and the quarterbacks into uh, game scenarios where they need to do stuff, but um, you know, treating this as a as a glorified practice it can be a recipe for disaster. So I, I, I do hope that they put more of the passing game into the offensive game plan. I do think that uh, there are some game speed decisions that we need to see Cade McNamara make um, and, and improve uh, in terms of reading post-snap and, and some of the RPOs that, we, uh, that we've seen. Um, so you want to be able to, to, to actually get him against a live defense to, uh, to make some of those reads, but, but most of what they need to work on, quote-unquote, uh, is you, know, you work on that stuff in practice and then come out in the game and, and compete as hard as possible and put up as many points as possible for the offense. And uh, if they, they run the ball 50 times again, and uh, win by 30 or 40 points again, um, I'll be saying the same thing in seven days from now. So one of the things that's been interesting is, you know, I know that you track the SP plus and uh, Michigan is being featured very favorably in the SP plus rankings. Um, What do you think about that as we move forward? Well, in the preseason, I was surprised. Uh, The defense started as the 10th ranked unit in uh in Connolly's rankings for SP plus and I thought that uh Michigan would have a little bit slower start 
right? I thought there'd be some communication problems, a couple breakdowns, maybe some big plays, uh, some missed tackles where guys are, are a little bit tentative, and we just haven't seen that. So they've actually moved up uh, defensively from 10th where they started to 9th. And the offense was in the uh, the mid-20s to start the season, and they're up to 13th. And the special teams unit is, is also very strong. I think right now um, they're ranked 5th. Um, now with special teams, the there's decimal points between number 5 and uh, number 105. So the, the scoring for special teams is very, very narrow. But Michigan, again, has, has shown that special teams and field position are going to be uh, another strength for the team. So all three phases, they're executing well. Um, they're, they're staying on to, on uh, in rhythm and and on schedule on offense. You know, they're being disruptive on defense. Uh, they haven't turned the ball over much uh, on offense, even though they haven't created much on defense yet. Um, all of those things are are, are going to make the algorithm for SP Plus happy and and. We're seeing that, you know, up to number six overall, just behind Ohio State um, in the rankings. And that is uh, – it's been a long time since they've been ranked that high, probably at the uh, the peak of the, uh, the revenge tour in 2018 is the last time we were talking about Michigan uh, starting to push toward the top five in SP+. So, Clint, we've seen a lot of, of hopeful signs so far through this season. Do you have any concerns at what we've seen so far, or uh, do we have it? Do we not have a large enough of a sample size yet? Uh, well, I think both of those things can be true. I think we can have concerns um, based on the eye test and what we've seen, and uh, also the history that um, you know the programs had, both recent and, and long term history. You know, uh, the biggest concern for me right now is how well these performances travel on the road, you know, and we won't know that until the fifth game when we travel to Madison and play Wisconsin. There's no way for us to know that until, until that point. So that's a concern, but obviously, uh, you know, you just got to keep that on the shelf and, and focus on, you know, what's happening here. I do think, um, this game sets up a little bit as a kind of a hangover game, right. With all of the emotion and positive atmosphere, from last week uh, coming back down and the fan base, the players, the coaches, everybody, how many of those people are going to be able to reignite that passion for uh, a Mac team that's ranked 108th in SP plus and, and, and not a particularly strong offense or defense, right? So it's going to take a, um, a really a, a strong effort from, the leaders of the program, the coaching staff, and the, the captains to really make sure they're holding each other accountable for bringing that, that enthusiasm uh, and, and manufacturing energy on their own and not not having necessarily 108,000, uh, you know, screaming, maze out, uh, you know, pom-pom waving. It may be a slow crowd to, uh, to trickle in, and uh, they still need to get off to a good start and and try to put Northern Illinois to step right away and start to build hope for, for some type of miraculous upset and have uh, everybody in the nation, you know, 
seeing a scoreboard with a close game and, and trying to tune in and, and root against Michigan. So I want to see them get off to have these last two weeks, but it's going to have to be a little bit different in that they've got to manufacture that, uh, that energy and, and really bring that intensity. Um, it, it's not just going to be uh, lingering in the air the way that it has been the first couple of weeks. You know, I think you make a great point. I think this is a discipline game, right? This is, you had the maze out, lots to be excited about there. You can project ahead to the start of the Big Ten season against Rutgers following. And, you know, I, I, I hate the term trap game. I don't think this is a trap game, but this is a game that if they're not completely focused and not completely jacked up, um, you know, things to get a little sloppy in the first half. You know, the thing that I concern that I'm concerned with is that I really want them to the team to come out hot and and take control of this game so that we can get some of the second and third string out there mainly to uh protect against injuries, right? This is a game you don't want to lose anybody. Okay? We've already lost Ronnie Bell and um you know, sometimes when uh the focus drifts a little bit is, you know, when when guys are, uh, you know, when you have an injury that you don't want to see. So I want to see Michigan come out. And, again, I'm really interested to see what um, Coach Harbaugh is going to do with the passing game, right? Now, he loves to push against the media and push against what fans want. But, you know, I, I'm going to make the point that, really, at some point you're going to need the passing game. Right, you're you're not going to go through the entire season, um, you know, just steamrolling everybody. It would be great if it were that way, but but it's not, you know. And you know, it's interesting. I, I thought uh, Coach Harbaugh kind of gave a little bit of a dog whistle to the uh, the old school fans with his uh, George Patton quote. There's a lot of ways to travel. I mean, some people tr- choose to travel on the ground, some people by air. Um, George Patton was able to get his his job done on the ground. Neil Armstrong through the air. Last Saturday night, we chose to grind it out on the ground. And uh, we're also able to get our mission accomplished. Those of us of a certain age can think back to uh, the the signature Bo Schembechler teams and Bob Eufer on the radio when Michigan would score, he'd honk the horn from George S. Patton's Jeep, right? And there's no doubt that that was a little, uh, um, uh, again, that was a little wink um, from Harbaugh to to the older fans who remember fondly the years where Michigan could, you know, three yards and and a cloud of dust, okay? And as awesome as it was to see the team run like that and as great as it was to control the time of possession and keep the defense off the field. At some point we are going to need to see the offense getting gear. And, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer in, you know, you can do a lot in practice, but um, you know, you, you go from the difference from main street to state street. Right. And this is one of those times where things are different on main street in the stadium. And I think that you want to get, you know, as you mentioned, guys reps at game speed and, how do you make decisions uh, with a hundred thousand fans uh, cheering you and and uh, and sighing and 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 that noise? So I, that's what I'm looking for. And um, 
you know, that's going to be the thing that I think my biggest takeaway from this game is how many times they're going to pass, um, what the distribution of those passes are, who is going to separate themselves as the primary receiver, and um, hopefully get out of this game with as few injuries as possible. Yeah, and, and a couple other points there that, that came to mind while you were, you know, making that point. Um, you know, first, I, I mentioned the 2018 season uh, earlier. As Michigan was kind of building momentum, you know, after dropping their opening game against Notre Dame and then winning 10 in a row, you know, it, Michigan went to Columbus and, and was favored over, over Ohio State in that season, right? And, and, did not respond well to that, to that pressure situation and in that game. And, um, you know, the, that team's identity being built on, on the power running game with Ed Warner as the first year offensive line coach and, and Karan Higdon leading the, the rushing attack, you know, that led to Josh Gaddis being hired in 2019 with a, a change in philosophy of, you know, we need to, we need to change our, our offensive um, model and, and philosophy to be able to win a track meet when the defense doesn't have it. You know, and when, when we're playing somebody that's high octane, like the Buckeyes, and they're going to put points up, then you know, if it's a race to forty points, then we need to be able to win those races too. So that's the main reason that that Josh Gaddis even became the offensive coordinator. So I am sure that uh again the the leadership of the program is well aware that you know we will need to to be able to pass the ball um again i think there were some very specific context issues with the game at washington where washington was trying to kind of funnel the run game uh into the middle where they had two big 300 pound uh nose guards that uh they didn't think michigan was going to be able to move off the ball and, and they were wrong and they never adjusted, so Michigan never adjusted. So um, I, I know that it, it's going to happen. I, I do kind of wonder if it's going to happen this week. Again, this this game, if it plays out the way that we're talking about with getting off to a good start and, and getting some depth in there, it could look a whole lot like it. Uh, certainly the opener against Western. You know, I think uh, the two teams, you know, they're from the same division, Northern Illinois. Uh, and Western Michigan are in the same division of the MAC. So um, some, you know, SP Plus has them uh, ranked pretty far apart. Uh, Western Michigan's back up to 77th in SP Plus. But, you know, some of the other ranking systems I've seen have uh, both teams pretty close together as, you know, having played a Power 5 team and both 1-1 one and one on the year. So I, I expect it to kind of look like that opening game against Western uh, hopefully off to a little faster start. And then, you know, we'll see, I believe, a, a handful more passes. I, I, you know, but that's also up to the players on the field. They have to execute and and still give your your coaches an opportunity to be successful when they call pass plays and, uh, you know, not go into the bunker uh, with with George Patton and just call the ground and pound offense back out in order to win the game. So um, I think success from uh, from the quarterbacks and from the receivers and other pass catchers uh, early on would be a good sign, and we'll likely see them um, 
attack different areas of the field and, and make, you know, Rutgers and Wisconsin prepare for, for different passing game elements. But once they have the chance to go vanilla and, and put the thing away, I, I would expect that that's what they're going to do. So the other difference between, you know, that season you mentioned where Michigan dropped the early game in Notre Dame and then, um, you know, went on the 10 game tear before falling to Ohio state is that you have two backs now. And, you know, as you, you know, as we talked about before, you got zoom and boom, right? You have, you know, different styles. And again, if, if you're going to have two guys who are going to be very successful running the ball, um, you know, slightly different styles, I think that's going to be uh, it's it's a different kind of running game, right? It's not the you know here's the one guy we're just going to ride him you know as far as he can go and whatever style he has. So you know one of the things that might lead to more running plays is listen you got one football and two great backs and you need to feed them both, right? You need to keep them fresh and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's interesting, you know, one of the other things that we talked about, um, you know, after the game is that I think you had a really good observation that, you know, the way the RPO broke down, um, you know, it was just the right play for Michigan to run more. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Northern Illinois tries to give Michigan the running option more and, uh you know, not get into a, a uh, air raid game where, you know, they might get blown out if, if, if you were going to, you know, force them to throw 30 or 40 times. So, so it's going to be interesting. You know, one of the things that um, Coach McDonald talked about is both teams don't have a lot of tape on each other, right? And, you know, uh, when, I'm, when I'm evaluating the season, I like to do it in quarters. So, I'm going to feel after this game that, you know, when we have three games of tape to watch, um, I think we'll have a really good, a much better idea of, of the uh, identity that Coach Harbaugh is trying to instill. And I think that's why this game to me is really important because, well, I, I know what I've seen in the first two games. Are we going to see more of a Western-like game or are we going to see a more more like a Washington-type game where you're going to, you know, the Western game was a little more balanced. And, you know, again, are you just going to try to uh, force your will on your opponent by by pounding them into the ground? And again, like you said, depending on what breaks down, um, we may see another, you know, huge uh, day on the ground. And uh, we may just have to wait uh, for a future opponent to see how the passing offense and, and that attack is going to shake out. Yep, I, I would expect that we will see as much of the pass game as Josh Gaddis and Jim Harbaugh want Greg Schiano and Rutgers to see and have to prepare for. So I, I don't think that we'll see uh, coming out and throwing the ball and exploiting the same thing over and over again through the air. I, I think that we'll see uh, a lot of different guys get to touch the ball uh, from different positions, right? I think you're going to want to get uh, the outside receivers, a couple touches. You're going to want to get the tight end, um, the tight ends involved, and and also hit the running backs out of the backfield, so that 
uh, Rutgers and future Big Ten teams have to prepare and cover everybody, uh, sell out completely, and, and try to rush the quarterback. So there, there will be some some thought, of course, given to that uh, and put into the game plan. But again, when you come out in the first quarter and, uh, and you don't have success or, or protection breaks down and your quarterback's getting hit, uh, with a helmet right in the spine from behind, like in the Washington game, you know, it's pretty easy to flip the switch back and go, well, I guess we'll just take our six and a half yards per carry on the ground and, and just march down the field and, and get out of here and try to stay healthy. So um, all of those things play in, play into it. You know, you, you mentioned again that with a run pass option, um, the defense kind of gets to pick whether you're running or passing a lot uh, based on, how they react and what their keys are. So Washington stayed back, played a lot of two safeties back, and uh, Michigan handed the ball off and marched down the field. If uh, you see Northern Illinois really um, pressing up into the box and up near the line of scrimmage, um, we'll probably see those those tight ends and slot receivers um, trying to put those linebackers in conflict and make them make a decision between coming up against the run or, or staying back for those quick passes in the middle. So I, I think that we will see an increase in passing. I just, I, I am not looking forward to a, a meltdown if, if this game looks like the first two, because, you know, I'll, I'll take it. If you, I'll take 12 of them, you know, 12 and 0 and 10 passes a game is fine by me, but I, I understand that that's not, uh, that's not as logical as we would like. So you have to be able to, to throw the ball, and they will. But uh, when we don't see it, as long as they're being successful, I think you just have to accept that and use the practice time to practice. All right. Well, whatever happens, we're going to have a lot to talk about after the game. That's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Clint Derringer. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.